Right, welcome everyone to Fazlift's podcast, episode 45. Uh, today, I'm uh, very excited to have on a very popular guest, uh, Chris Chainsaw Dinardi. Uh, Chris, welcome. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Faz. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Right. Uh, a lot of people have been really excited to uh, to hear this podcast, and, and I've been looking to get you on for a while. So uh, it's taken me a while to get in contact. Uh, I had a bit of a, um, had a, just went off social media for a couple of months at the start of the year, but uh, I'm glad I got in touch with you, and it's, um, yeah. Looking forward to this. Yeah, same here. All right, so we'll, we've got a bunch of questions lined up and we've had some questions listed from Instagram as well. So let's start with the first one. I always like to get a little bit of a, a touch on people's background. So what motivates you to start bodybuilding and when did you originally begin to lift weights? Where did it all begin? Um, so what motivated me, honestly, is like the typical kid growing up in the Arnold movie era. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't even Arnold, honestly. More, It was probably Van Damme more than anything. Yeah, yeah. I was a big Van Damme fan. Um, I just, he was just a badass. I loved, I loved watching his movies. I loved Arnold too. Um, both of those guys though kind of was a, for me the first time seeing that type of physique, seeing like a developed physique. And that's, I was like, Oh, I want to look like that. You know, I really like that look. And then I got into lifting and training. Um, I was 15 and my brother was away at college. He had come back home for like winter break. And we had a, just like a gold's gym weight set in the basement. We had like a dip bar. We set up a pull-up bar. I had to say kind of like, kind of, cause he had gotten into it at school. Yeah. Um, and he was 20 at the time. And uh, we both just started working out in the basement and he kind of taught me how to train and he, he trained harder than anyone I've, I've ever met still. So that's kind of like <laughs> in the back of my head always when I train, just trying to train as hard as he did. But uh, yeah, he he kind of gave me my start. That's great. So be, before um, before Van Damme, before the film, did you watch all the usual sort of cartoons when you were growing up as well, like He Man and Thundercats and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, like, I watched yeah. that. Uh, Transformers was big yeah, for yeah. sure too. Because you look um, back and you think that that must have had an influence. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. watch all those things. I see it now <laughs> yeah. with, with my kids because I mean, I have an eight-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-month-old, hmm. and uh, the eight-year-old and four-year-old love the you know the superheroes the action yeah. heroes like hulk yeah, yeah. and all the avengers and all that because i look back now i look at he-man he was jacked I mean, he, was, oh, yeah. he was huge you look like even, even the uh even like the gi joes you know yeah those were like influential too i think yeah 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 awesome so your brother then go so he's five years older than you uh, is he still training yeah. now no so he my brother passed away in uh 2012 okay sorry um that. He, yeah he was 32 right but he was the most influential person in my life probably and uh a lot of what i do now is driven by him you know yeah. when people ask like what what is your why whatever yeah. it's not necessarily just my why but it's it's a lot of just my brother not being able to live his life and not getting the opportunity to get up and train to get up and go to work and get up and do things he loves that's always in the back of my head to try and make the best out of mo- mo- you know, each day and yeah. kind of live for him too you know so what were you doing bodybuilding wise in 2012 when that happened um so i had competed in 2011 for my first show yeah uh if you want to call it competing um i was not focused uh 2012 i had my first son with my ex um and so i was really in dad mode at that time yeah and then we went through a lot of stuff. So 
when my brother passed, my son was like five months old and uh, I kind of got out of bodybuilding for a while because it was such a low point. It's weird because I've hit two lows in my life and they were both within a few years and they both took me away from the gym. You know how the gym is normally like your sanctuary. It's like where you go when stress gets to you. And it's always been that for me. Like I love training. And whenever I had difficult times, I would go train. But those times were so hard. Like I didn't even, I couldn't even stomach going to the gym. I mean, yeah, I've got two brothers and I, I I couldn't imagine, dude. I just just couldn't imagine. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I was, I was not really training in 2012 that much. I mean, I was not consistent. Uh, 2011, it was, was pretty good. I mean, that was my first show, but then I had my son and kind of everything happened. I had basically a hiatus until 2015. Oh, wow. Long, long break. Yeah. It was like four years that I wish I had focused more. And that was, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Hindsight, right? Um, uh, So in terms of your mindset during those four years, as I said, I can't imagine how rough that was been. I mean, I I love my brothers. You know, we are very close. Um, And it sounds like you were as well. So what, what was going through your head at that time? So it was, it was awful. Um, basically yeah. until I met my wife, it was horrible. Uh, I was in a bad relationship. Um, and then I went through custody stuff with my son basically for two plus years. It was every penny we had went towards that. And, um, my family, like we kind of have a history of, uh, I guess alcoholism or we were addictive personalities. I mean, I guess that's why bodybuilding fits well. And I I fell into the alcohol side of it, which I had been, I'd done when I was a kid, you know, a lot of drinking way too much. Um, But I had a, probably like a year where it's like all I did, you know, when I I didn't have my kid for three months, I didn't see him for three months. And then I would only see him for four days a month. And uh, when I didn't have him, I literally, I was, I was drinking. I worked somehow. I still functioned. I worked. I still did great at my job. I don't know how, but uh, that was. But that's the thing. That's the thing. It's like you can switch it on for certain times, but it's during the times when maybe you don't have your son, you don't have a job to do because that's responsibility. When when it's when it's when you're just when you're alone with your own thoughts, yeah, and you've got to get rid of those thoughts. Yeah, it was it was the that was the hardest three four years of my life. Yeah, that's. And I actually, it's crazy because I met my wife like during that time, like after my ex and I had initially split. And before things had gotten bad um, and then things kind of went bad. And then my wife was still kind of persistent in talking. She like kept checking in. So then we started dating, but the first few months of our relationship probably weren't the best for her, but <laughs> I'm glad she stuck it out. Cause uh, you know, she brought me back to life, you know, that's great, man. Yeah. And what was the, you said there's two low moments in your life when you stopped training. Yeah. So it was initially when, when my brother passed, yeah. which was, October 23rd, 2012. Um, that was like the hardest thing for me was honestly, uh, the call from my mother. It was like three 30 in the morning. My mom called as soon as she called, I knew what it was. Yeah. Like, I just knew in the back of my head. Cause like my mother's not going to call me at three 30 in the morning, you know? <laughs> it's gonna be um, bad. So yeah. just, just seeing her go through that and trying to be strong for her was <sighs> the hardest part because my brother was literally my best friend. I mean, we yeah. talk like every day, pretty much our whole lives. 
even when we were mad at each other, we fought, you know, we, the whole brother thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, yep. we talked a lot though, and uh, we were really close. So that was really hard. And then the following year, um, my ex and I split up, and then I went through the custody battle with my yep. son. And that was the three months of not seeing him. He was 15 months. Wow, three months. 15 months to 18 months, I didn't see him. Oh, wow. And it was the hardest thing in the world. It was, that's, that's like, I crazy. I broke, you know. Wow. So those were the I two. Mean, yeah. I got to be honest, you know, when you're telling me that story about your brother, I mean, I, I'm just thinking about my brothers. Yeah. And honestly, I'm tearing up just, just thinking yeah. about it because that, it's, that, it's, that's it's just hard to talk about. For yeah. Sure. No, well, thank you for that. I think people, people like to hear kind of your story. And what, I, what's cool on a, a positive note from that yeah. is um, like I, with my sons now, I have three sons that, you know, seeing the way they are together, it yeah. kind of, it just brings back a lot of joy that I had with yeah. my brother, you know? Yeah. yeah. When you, when you step back in the gym in 2015, yeah. um, what, what led up to that? What, why was it, why 2015? What happened? So the whole thing of it was when, when my brother passed away in 2012, I was like, kind of fell apart. And then, 2013 I was like I, I want to do an NPC show you know I want to compete in NPC and uh, I was still completely natural and I was like screw it I can compete naturally <laughs> so were you just really, were you, were you just in like a better place then were you in a better place were you just happier and I, no I wasn't in a place enough to, to yeah. do it okay but I tried to at first yeah and it kind of fell apart my goal was to do the Cutler Classic in 2013 mm -hmm. and it fell apart so then again in 2014 the end of the year things started getting better in my life um and i started i got back in the gym september 2014 mm -hmm. and uh, i just wanted to get my weight up at first because like I, I was down to like 215 oh, wow. how, how yeah. tall are you again you're six three six feet six, six, feet. Feet. Yeah, six yeah. feet right yeah mm -hmm. um i got down to yeah like 215 or so and uh, so I started training again, just getting my weight up. I got up to 304, which is not a clean 304. It was a very, very I guess, bad. I guess I want to just bring you back a little bit to getting back in the gym the first time when you yeah. were 215. In terms of your mind space, what were you thinking at the time? Like, uh, like you had three years of not working out or two years of not working out. What led you to the point of thinking, I want to get back to do this? What drew you back to the gym? Honestly, so the whole thing with my son, I told you, it was like it was really hard for me to even go to the gym. So we were still in court until August. And I had tried in June and July, like I would literally go three times in a week and then twice in a week and then I wouldn't go for a week. Yep, yep. Which for me, is it's not like me at all. It was really bad because I've whenever I've started it, I'm locked in and, and I just go. Um, so like I couldn't get in a groove and then the end of august um we settled things and we got out of court and i got shared customer my son and and we communicate now on everything and we just put everything so that was like a huge just weight off and uh my wife and i ended up getting our house later that year too nice, nice. Um, but she had already moved in with me we were living together and my life was in a good place again you know um so i was able to to get back in the gym comfortably and it was it was weird at first, just just training. I mean, yeah. when you're out for a while and you start training again, even though you did it for years on end, it just it's like you're not really connected. I know uh, yeah. in like Generation Iron, Victor Martinez talks about it. Like 
you know, the weights just don't really feel right. You know, yeah, it feels off. Yeah. I had, I had, I had about uh, nine months when I came back from South Korea, uh, where I had trained uh, out there. And when I was a lot younger, when I was like 24. And uh, when I came back, it was exactly that feeling. It's just the weights just yeah. feel very alien. You don't even really feel like you're in your own skin when you lift it. Yeah. Nothing feels right. Exactly. Yeah. Normally the gym is like our, it's like our home, you know, it's where we feel normal, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I got back into it then and, uh, things slowly started clicking. I got my weight up by January. We moved in December. We got our first house, which we still at now. Um, and then I started prepping for the Cutler classic in 2015 on my own, not, <laughs> not doing it the right way. Still. Um, I was doing it the best I could, but I was in my own head. Um, yeah, I thought I was in shape. I wasn't anywhere near in shape. But it was, I'm still glad I did it. I had an awesome experience at that show. And it kind of got me back into the groove. And I did much better later that year. I competed again in the fall. So I suppose it kind of just helps to get you back in the, the swing of getting the meal prep done, getting the training done, being on a schedule. Yeah, yeah of course. That's cool. All right. Um, so in, let's, let's fast forward a little bit to 2016, 2017. You'd, okay. you'd done the Classic at this stage. You're starting to look pretty good now. So this yeah. was a few years back. Um, what what were your what were your aims back back then? So you'd gotten back into things. What were you what were your eyes set towards? So from 2013 until 2018, it was winning the Color Classic. Right. Um, and 2016, I really thought that I had would have a good chance at at least winning my class at New England's. Um, I, that was the last show that I did on my own. And uh, I just got in my own head. I pulled my body down way too much. And I ended up, it was probably my worst look. Um, but I, you know, I met Alex at that point and we had been talking just as friends. And then things really took off in 2017 for me when I started working with Alex. Yeah. That's great. Um, yeah, Alex, you, you and Alex go together like, you know, peanut butter and jelly. So that's, uh, that's, that's, that's what I see you too. And so how did you meet him? Um, so my, my buddy, um, James, they call him tuna, the big fish on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, I know him, yeah. Um, he was, he's local too. We had met through competing through the gym. We trained kind of at the same gyms yeah. and, uh, he had worked with Alex and then also Brian Philbin had worked with Alex and I had just yep. seen how Alex was with those guys. And, um, like, I really liked it. And, and I'd also seen how Alex was with me just like, I mean, I could ask him anything and he was never like, Hey, you should let me coach you. Never once. Yeah. He wanted to work with me, but he never would say that, you know, he never tried to like get me to just go work with him. He was always just a genuine person. And I appreciated that. And that's pretty much why I ended up going with him because of the results he got with those guys, how I saw him with those guys. He's got a real passion for the sport. Which shows. Yeah. No, he loves, he loves bodybuilding. And uh, he, he's, he loves life too and he's very versatile in a lot of different things he has a lot of knowledge and a lot of things and i like that because i you know have a friendship with him at this point so you know i, I pick his brain on different things and, and take life advice too you know yeah so let's uh let's bring the audience up to speed with your your competitive career up until now so you did compete last year which you were super close to getting your pro card i thought you looked awesome um, awesome three weeks out. <laughs> okay. All right. Talk us through that. Let's talk us through that. Cause I, I thought you were freaking huge. Um, yeah, talk us through that. 
we did the uh, we ended up doing the Patriot Cup um, August tenth. We decided that Tuesday. Well, I think we decided Wednesday, but I texted Alex like Tuesday, like, "Hey, I think we should do the Patriot Cup because we were looking pretty good." And uh, we were on track for North Americans, and I just I hadn't been on stage for over a year, and I was like, it'd just be good to get up on stage again, hit some shots, um, maybe get some feedback from the judges if we need it, and overall just be able to see pictures and video of how we looked um, and what we can improve on for North Americans. Uh, so we did that show with – I mean, the intention wasn't to win. I knew Ben was doing it. That's why I wanted to do it because Ben Rafal was – was in my opinion at that time the top amateur in New England. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love his physique and he's a really good guy. Um, so I, I knew that we might not win the show. You know, it wasn't a good yeah. Game. And he's now got on to be pro. Um, yeah, so yeah, fantastic he, he pro at nationals. Yeah, with, and he competed with Nate there. Um, so we did that show. I thought we looked really good for three weeks out. Um, yeah. I was. That was actually when I realized, like, when I saw the pictures, I was like, "Oh shit!" Alex was right. That's what I said in my head because I never, as much as I love bodybuilding and, and like I'm, I'm driven and I have goals in the sport, I never really believed fully, I don't think, what Alex was saying like that I could do, how I could look until I saw from that show and I was like, all right, yeah, we, you know, we can do this. And uh, Oh, I was, oh uh, yeah, I saw it. I saw it. I was like, yeah. fuck. I, I, I saw those pictures three weeks out. I was like, this guy's got it. Yeah, I was really happy with how we looked. And uh, the plan was just to basically dry out and tighten up a tiny bit more for North Americans. Uh, I got sick that Monday and I was, it was like, it hit me. I work early in the morning. So it was like eight in the morning and I was like halfway through my work day. And all of a sudden I just, I felt like death at work. I got through the rest of the day and I got home. Like I checked my temp, my temperature was 103 and I was like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> and I don't I don't call out of work. So I ended up calling out of work Tuesday. Right. I was horrible. That whole week was awful. I ended up going back to work but because I can't just take days off. But um, I felt awful that entire week. And I didn't start medication, I don't think, until the following Monday. Because I was just trying to hold off. I didn't want to go on medication because it fucks with your physique too. You know, I didn't want to yeah, have that aspect of it. I was hoping I could just work it out. And uh, we just basically never recovered. I was still sick for three weeks, basically. We got to North Americans, and I knew that we didn't look the way that we could have and wanted to. Um, we tried to pull it together the best we could. Yeah, I mean, at that, at that level of body fat, if you have any kind of inflammation in your body, it's going to show. Yeah. So, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing is we weren't fat at that point. You know what I mean? Right. We didn't, but uh, I was a lot lighter and looked way off compared to how I looked at um, – at the Patriot Cup, you know, I I just couldn't recover. I remember one day during the, the first week when I was sick, my weight was up ten pounds, and literally within twenty four hours, it dropped ten pounds. Right, it was just it was, my body was all over the place, you know. So we couldn't really keep pro- keep progressing the way we wanted to. Um, so just don't get sick this year. That's the plan. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. I suppose that's the. Um that was sort of the next question was you're knocking on the door of a pro card. Um, what do you think you need to do to take the next step to that final step up? And from what I've seen your physique, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Rafa, he looks fantastic, you know, and he, he got his pro card last year. Um, yeah. 
I just the pictures that I saw, and I'm not the best trained bodybuilding eye, but the pictures that I saw, I thought you were capable of doing it. Uh, was it simply? Do you, do you, in your opinion, do you think it's simply a peaking thing? Well, not not a peaking thing. That sounds wrong, but it was obviously because you got sick. Well, you, yeah. So, in your opinion, is there? Am, am I missing something? Like, what do you think you need to do to get pro card? No, honestly, if we if we brought the exact look that we had at the Patriot Cup, which we didn't dry out, we didn't try and peak, we didn't push the load, nothing. We just basically came in, did the show, because um, we didn't want to hinder anything going forward. You know. If we looked like that, I would have been right there with Nate and Kate. Yeah, I think so. And you wouldn't, you, and you didn't get sick. That was the big thing. Yeah. So if yeah. we had just, even if we didn't improve from that, we would have been right there. Yeah. Um, there's just no way that the size that we had, and we still were in condition. I mean, there was conditioning there. We weren't yeah. as dry as you would want, but we were, we weren't soft, you know. Yeah. I think just to emphasize for the audience, that wasn't a peaking issue at all. It was just simply the yeah. fact you got ill. So yeah. I know I know I know Alex has had his detractors before with, with peaking and stuff yeah. like that, but that's not you know, so just to just to point that out, that was not the issue. You got yeah. you got sick and you can't do anything about that. When you're that low in body fat, your your immune system's gonna be compromised. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was it was a tough experience, but it was a good learning experience too, you know, because yeah. with this, I mean anything can happen. People don't realize how the smallest things can affect you. Like I mean when you're, oh, when you're yeah. up, I mean, just stress. Yeah, just totally. asking someone hold a little bit of water they have yeah. that film and they look yeah a lot different and for me i don't really like my physique until i'm like really six weeks out and then right. when, I, when i nail it, when i'm like peeled that's when i like how i look yeah um, so i have to be like i feel like i have to really be on to, is that does that coincide with when you shave the beard yeah <laughs> <laughs> that must um, be it <laughs> oh, i look good yeah. now <laughs> yeah. But I feel you know how some guys have like that look. They just look good even in the off season. Yeah. Like I don't. I don't like that. Like I don't. My physique doesn't look flowing in the off season. You know, I just look big. Yeah. But uh, I mean, so I feel like I have, I'm one of those guys that kind of has to nail it. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned off air that um, you're currently in prep. So two questions: When's the next competition, and how long you've been in prep for? Uh, USA's, and um, we're 13 weeks out right now. Nice. Cool. I kind of started at 20 weeks. It's not really prep. I don't think at 20 weeks, but uh, that that's when we basically all we do there is pull out any free meals that I had in the off season. Yeah. Um, and then we started more of a real prep at like 16 weeks, starting pulling things down more. Um, and now the last week we've kind of changed the diet up a lot now, you know, and uh, my weight's starting to drop. I was 289 yesterday. And we started prep at like three ten. So, wow, nice three ten at six foot. It's huge. Yeah, yeah. So, just to um, put it into perspective for the for the audience, then, what were your macros in the off season, and what are they now? No, uh, so I, I just did all this out, so I would have it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers. Um, yeah. So the off season, um, my carbs are like seven fifty. <laughs> Protein was 450, nice. fat was 125, so my calories were like 6,200. Awesome. Um, and then I also had some free meals too, though. That was just my basic training day. So that's like on top of this, not instead of? That, what do you mean? Uh, the extra, the free meals, are they on top of what you've listed? Yeah, so I would of? have like, some of the days I would have like a free meal, so that might change, but that was like yep. my regular basic I'm, training. I'm with you. Yep, cool. Cool. Um, and so that's been reduced slightly or has it to what now? No, it, 
it's it's a lot. So we have right now we're doing a rotation, um, which I've never done before, but I actually I really like it because uh, so we're, we have a low day, a high day, and then my non-training days. Okay. So basically, we have three different days. Uh, my low day right now is 480 carb, uh, 400 protein, 80, 80 grams of fat, 4,400 calories. Okay. My high day is 650 carbs, 425 protein, 115 fat, 5,400 calories. 4, and then my, my non-training day is like the low, low day. Right. <laughs> so that's uh, 230 carbs. 380 protein and 120 fat, 3,600 calories. Wow. So we've got a spread of 36, 44, 54. Yeah. It's a pretty big spread. And what off I'm, season what was 62. I'm, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And what I'm, what we were doing, um, I was doing two, two low, one high. Mm-hmm. But if I have an off day that I'm not training, it just, it picks up wherever it left off, you know? Yeah. And uh, this week now we're going to be switching to three low and one high. So. How are you feeling on your high days? Are you still hungry or are they pretty good? No, no, I feel good. The high okay. days are good. And, and okay. yesterday I had a high day and a cheat meal. Yeah. Um, so I got to have a cheat meal after training. So that was really nice. But uh, the, the low days aren't even bad either right now. I mean, it's, I'm still having almost 500 grams of carbs. I can't really. Yeah, yeah. I can't really complain ever, even when, we get, when we're pulling down hard because I, I get a lot of food. Um, yeah, I saw your breakfast this morning on your Instagram stories. Bagels. Yeah, yeah that's a low day. They're pretty good, yeah. Nice, <laughs> nice, nice. Um, okay, that sounds good. Yeah, I like it. And do you know what's gonna what's gonna happen um, as you move forward with the calorie cycling? Is that gonna be steady? Um, I, we might. We're probably gonna keep doing it because it's it's been working pretty good, and I think Alex do, likes how it's going. Do you um, think you're gonna just like have more and more low days, or will you actually just downgrade the calories across all the days? If you, if you see what I'm saying, I think they they might they might change a little. Yeah. across all the days um just a little bit and we have so much room to pull from yeah. that's that's what's really cool when i did it out today i was like i was looking at it and i was like we have an insane amount of room to pull from because i remember last year and the year before i mean we get fat down low like i'm a, I'm a low fat dieter that's we we end up bringing fat really down to like 20 yeah. so i mean even my low day right now it's at 80 you know and then my other two days it's at 115 120 i mean just right there we have you know 800 plus cal- uh, calories to pull from so I th- we might adjust those, but um, what I'm I think a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the low fat because that just helps you have more bulk. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I love the low fat. I had done higher fat in the past, and then um, when I started working with Alex and we did the lower fat and higher carbs, I I feel better on it. I mean, yeah. my training never suffers. My training is good all the way up to the show. I mean, obviously, when you're super depleted the last few weeks, it's you got to be smart. But I mean, I never feel like I can't train hard i can still always train just as hard you know it's good, it's good. I, I, it just works better with the carbs in there mm, nice um so with regards to i just want to just go back into say your last prep and what sort of calorie rate if you remember off the top of your head what sort of calorie range did you get down to in the last say month or so just to give you an audience an idea of how you were going to progress um probably around four thousand okay um between thirty five hundred and four thousand. Yeah, which is a big step down from 65. 
0-16. Yeah, well, that's the thing is, it, but it's not low, so that's why I can't really complain. Sure. Like, yeah, 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 I've never had to do like two thousand calories. I've heard guys doing twelve hundred calories. Like that's <laughs> I did. <insane. laughs> yeah. To me, that just means like you messed up the off season. Like yep. if, you, if you're a bigger guy and you have to go that low, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had to do that coming in from my fat pile of today's. I had to go down just to, for the you know for the first time. Yeah, but yeah, if you're if you're a seasoned guy and you're doing that after a while, it's probably not a good thing. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's that. I like it. Um. Yeah, awesome. I love it. So we've got some calorie cycling. We looked at macros. We looked at sort of um, the way that we're going to progress on down. Can we let's maybe talk a bit about training? Uh, that yeah. sounds good. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Mention on diet? Um, no, not really. I mean, I think we we covered it all. I mean, yeah. It's uh, it's. I feel like the the more basic you keep it, the better for most yeah. people. Yeah. Um, and just don't overcomplicate things. I I see that all the time. I, I don't even do my macros out. Like I said, I just did them. Just yeah. so I know. We just go by food. Like, you know, yeah. like, uh, for example, my breakfast, you know, we have today is a low day. So I have one Ezekiel muffin with that. On a high day, I get one and a half. Like, you don't have to make it complicated. Just yeah. pull little bits here and there, you know. I've started to do that now as well. It's far easier not to focus on macros. But I know you yeah. coach people. So you kind of got to, if you're coaching someone, you've got to have a system. So sometimes you give them macros. It's yeah. just a bit easy to communicate. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. we're talking about it now. People are going to understand what you mean with macros, but the reality of it is you're more than likely just going to have a base diet. It just works. Yeah. 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 Like, like Alex doesn't send me my macros, you know, I just yeah. get it out. So I know at this point, but it, it, like I do it with some clients that need it. Some people need the numbers. I, I, I feel like that's how they, they work better. Maybe that yeah. way, just knowing the number. Um, so if we talk, well, you know, before we go on to training, can we talk a bit about cardio? Are you doing any cardio right now? Yeah, so right now I'm doing, um, what do we have here? It's, uh, you just changed it last Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So we're doing uh, 40 minutes fasted four times a week okay. and then 25 minutes post-training. But uh, the intensity is up a little bit from what it was. We were doing uh, 35, 35 minutes post-training. He pulled it down to 25, mm-hmm. but the intensity is higher now. So it, it's been good. I mean, Hopefully, I don't have to do a ton of cardio. Last year, we got up to 65 minutes on um, yeah. on like two days a week. And then I still had cardio the other days, but that was like the highest we had was the 65 minutes. Well, that's the thing. I just want to point out at this stage for the audience, like the, the reality of it is you're probably going to have to do some cardio. You know, I think this yeah. is, the, you, you know, you've seen it on Instagram, like there's a whole big sort of like anti-cardio thing. Yeah. And I think that's great in principle. Um, but most most real bodybuilders are still doing cardio. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you just got to be careful with it. I think you there's like phases. What I what I've seen Alex do too is like with me and I, and I do it with clients too. Once you kind of learn someone, you can see when you can push it and when you're gonna have to pull it back. Like you can't just go all out with training and cardio for 16 weeks. You know, you got to progressively work it. And kind of what we did last year too, and I I gather what we're probably gonna do this year is slowly build it up just like we're going to, you know, pull calories down and, and bring body fat down. We're going to increase cardio as we do that. And then towards the end, we want to be able to pull back. Yes. We want to let the body rest. And I think that's a big thing um, is you can't be going all out to the last, till the day before the show. Cause your body's going to get up there and you're going to look tired, yeah. especially being a taller guy. Like my legs will flatten out big time. 
Yes, yeah, so, I mean, I, I'd like to. I like to make sure that last week is mostly for recuperation and any yeah. tweaks in the body, just so you can just relax. I mean, yeah. just having good sleep is a big, big thing, you know, just for that like, final week. So just getting the body to relax, let a little bit less training because you're not going to lose any muscle during the last week necessarily. Uh, a lot less cardio and, and maybe a little bit more food. If you can, sw- if you could swing that and get some of you ready about a week before, they're going to look that much more better and relaxed because they've had a week of good night's sleep and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the sleep thing, I think, is um, people don't pay enough attention to that, but that's yeah. a huge thing. Even this year, I just got a um, a CPAP finally. Nice. So I've been using that, and it's yeah. an incredible difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. I, I mean, I feel like my one night of sleep now is equivalent to like a week's worth yeah. of sleep. Before. Yeah. Everyone says that. Like CPAPs just seem to be just a yeah, game changer. Good. Yeah. I, I can't always get how much sleep I want. Like I would love to get eight hours every night. I mean, typically – there's some nights during the week I only get five. My average is like I try and force six um, during the week, and on the weekends like eight to ten if I can, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So let's uh, let's move on to training because now, I, before we did the uh, the podcast and I had you on, I was looking back into your Instagram and some of the training that you like to do, and I know yeah. that recently you've had you've had a couple of injuries, so your training might be changed. But then I've also noticed that you've always done quite a lot of things like giant sets and those kind of body real bodybuilding techniques like supersets and stuff so i kind of wanted to get an idea of how you're training your training style like uh, the way that i posed it to nate spear was you've kind of got jay cutler on one end of, of the spectrum where he says lots of volume doesn't go to yeah. failure and you've got Dorian yates on the other end now they both train hard but yeah. kind of like whereabouts do you fall on on that spectrum so i always use those two as examples right. <laughs> because of their form that's a big thing to me. I think the mind muscle connection is huge. Yeah. And if you watch Jay train, even though he completely trains in a, a whole different way than, than Dorian, as far as intensity and weight and the volume, he looks like he's very connected with what he's doing. Like when oh, yeah. he, when he does an incline barbell press, all he's feeling in his, is his pecs. You can tell that just by the way he moves the weight. Yeah. Like he does a lot of stuff where he'll almost pause at the bottom like the way he does calves, you see him, he has like a little hitch in it. One and a half, yeah. All little cues that help him mentally feel that muscle work so that he's not just moving weight. He's feeling the muscles contract that he wants to work. And the same thing with Dorian. When you watch Dorian, I mean, he looks robotic. Yeah. And, he, and he's moving insane weights for the time um, with ridiculous form. He's controlling the negative the whole time. He's never sloppy. Um, so those are two big things that I like from both of those guys. But if I had to say who um my training is more towards, it's probably more towards Dorian at this point, but I have done more of a J style in the past and I will incorporate higher volume phases. I feel like my training has evolved a lot the last few years. Um, and the biggest part of that is just connecting more with my body. Um, every year I notice it. Like I, I feel more this year when I train, like I feel more of a connection with the muscles that I'm working than I did even last year. And I, it's noticeable, you know, I think it's just from focusing on it and not worrying about weight. I think that's where people get mixed up with the progressive overload thing. Cause I think I know Dorian log stuff and he was progressive overload, but there's no way that he increased weight every single week. It's impossible to do, and I think people get caught up with that. Like, you got to – oh, I get a bump up by two and a half pounds. Well, why don't you just try and do that same weight and yeah. do it better? 
Yes. You know? There's other ways to oh, make it harder and have that I'm, high intensity. Yeah. I'm so glad you say that. Like I harp on about that on a, on this podcast all the time yeah. because in the UK we are obsessed with that. We're obsessed with oh, pregnancy. You've heard of like Jordan Peters, right? You know, yeah. Everyone's loving it. Everyone's got the baggy oversized jumpers on. Everyone's got the the, the 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 notepads out, and it's all about an extra two and a half kilos. But you see how some of these guys lift. And it reminds me of when I was powerlifting. It's not bodybuilding anymore. Exactly. It's moving weight. Yeah. yeah. Well, th- that's why, like Dorian, though, I don't think he did that. Yes. Watch his training. He didn't do that. He trained as hard as he freaking could for every set that he did. But his form never slacked. If his form was going to slack, then that was the end of the set. Yeah. That was it, you know? And, yeah, he tore muscles because he probably did that type of training too long. He didn't do deloads when he needed to. He didn't take breaks when he, he mentally he wasn't able to do that at that point but he's even talked about it now yeah. that he should have you know yeah, i think he said uh, he he got most of his injuries when he kept on trying to do that at pre-contest prep yeah so which which would make sense yeah yeah that's the thing you can't you, you gotta kind of know when to back off a little bit in prep yeah. and that doesn't mean like taking it easy yeah. it just means not not going 110 percent. you know yeah, absolutely. He said, I think he said if he had just gone to failure but not done all the negatives and the four straps, he probably yeah. wouldn't have got injured. And I agree with that. I think yeah. that's sensible. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I think like the most, one of the most common training styles here, which is pretty much what I do for the most part, is like the, the one top set, which is an all kind of like Dorian set. And then having a back off set though too with that same exercise. I really like doing that. Um, and I feel like I, I get really good contractions. I get a good feel in the muscle and I'm able to move a lot of weight for a good form. You know, I, I, I like it. And I know a lot of guys do it. I know like um, Zach Merkel who won USA's last year. That's pretty much how he trains and that's how his coaches train. It's very common. Yeah. That's a, that's a big one over here as well. But I think the difference is like we've said, it's not so much the sets and reps because that's super common with Jordan Peters. But yeah. it's the, what are you actually doing? What are you actually doing? I mean, to be fair, even if you look at Jordan Peters, sometimes he looks like he's hanging on for dear life. He doesn't look like he's actually bodybuilding anymore. Oh, yeah. I mean, the guy's huge. So what, who well, am I to say? But, you know. Well, the, I, don't, I don't mean to, like, critique anyone or I don't want anyone to take this the wrong way or take it negatively because, I, I mean, a lot of these guys are at a, a level above me. But, like, Dusty Hanshaw, I, I, Dusty's awesome. I love his podcast. I love his show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like when you haven't improved the body part yet, you're still preaching to train it the certain way and you're still training that same way and you haven't improved that body part and you, the whole time you've been a pro, yeah. what, what is that doing? It's showing that it doesn't work. So why don't you try something else? And I feel like people get caught up in things and they, they won't go out of their comfort zone because they're so used to training or someone said they have to train that way. Mm. Find what works. What works for the rest of your body might not work for your arms. You know it, becomes, I mean? it becomes like a religion. Um, yeah. you know, they, get, they get obsessed with that. I know there's something that Alex does, and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe you do this as well, is that he'll have people doing low-volume phases then switch with doing high-volume phases, and that, yeah. might be, that might be sort of tagged on to like dietary changes and stuff like that. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know he does that a lot, that, and that's what I do with my training. I mean, like I just had a little high-volume phase, and now I'm back at the more, the uh, one top set, the one back off set. Fantastic, yeah. You know, and I, I've done giant sets in the past. Um, that was more forced because I had to, but I it made me really appreciate that type of training. And I will work it in as prep goes, but I won't be like my whole workout at this point. I'll do maybe my regular workout and 
and I'll do it at the end. Kind of like you'll see Hunter Labrada does a lot of like yeah. little giant sets at the end, like finishers, you know, yeah. a couple like. rounds of a giant set to finish off a muscle group that you're training. I like incorporating it that way. Mm. But in 2018, that's, I had to just do giant sets because I had like 45 minutes in the morning at two thirty. Ah, uh, right. Okay. And that's all I had to train because of my work schedule. So I would go in and I was like, what, what is the most efficient way that I can get the most amount of work done? And it was really hard for me. It was, it was really challenging because uh, I've always been strong, but my endurance isn't great. So <laughs> to have to do a giant set, it, it takes you, you go out of it for one. Um, and, and it just makes you have to really focus and, and push through because you're, you're normally spent after the second exercise. And I would do four to eight exercises in a giant set and trying to go through that many and, and get through it. It's, it's a whole different challenge than pushing a max load on a, so for the audience's benefit like kind of like we did with macros um if you're doing a low volume phase and let's say you're doing a top set and a back off set could you give us like a rough idea of how many work sets you're doing for a muscle group per week just because that's kind of how generally people talk about things um yeah what do you um, think so like right now my my training split is um so what it's mostly been is is uh chest and bicep day. I have a leg day that is a ham focus, glute focus day, uh, a back day, then a shoulder tricep day, and then a quad day. That's been my split for this whole year, really. Um, we just tweaked it a little bit, whereas I just put chest with shoulders because I have a little bit of a nagging elbow issue. So I can't really train triceps right now. I'm giving it a few weeks break, but I'll go back to that split in a couple, a couple more weeks. Um, and with that, typically like I'll do three to four exercises per body part, larger muscle groups, something like biceps. I might only do two, sometimes three. And then that's the two working sets per exercise. So even for quads, there's been quad workouts where I've done six working sets. Yeah. You know, that's it. And I'm spent, like, I just, I had a couple clients that I brought through a quad workout before gym shut down and I did exactly how I do it. And they were they were smoked after the first exercise that, you know, and then we had two more to go yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we literally did six sets and they were absolutely spent, you know? Um, Cause it, it, the key is giving it your all in those sets, you know, and that doesn't mean that's all I'm doing for sets. I mean, I'm doing warm up sets or, or feel sets. You know? sets yeah. 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 And with the weights that you're lifting, it's the, the number of warm ups are a hell of a lot more as well. So you're, you're getting more work just on the way up. Because I mean, I remember working with a, a friend of mine who's a very good deadlifter in, in the UK, Tom Martin. And he deadlifts something like about almost 450 kilos. So he's oh, like, yeah. like 900 pounds, something like that. Yeah. He's, he's, he's our best deadlifter, basically. But yeah. for, him, for him working up, the amount of sets he's getting just to get to his top weight it's, a, it's building up a tremendous amount of work with through the yeah. feeler sets and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of different when you're that strong as well. So yeah. some people might look at you and say, well, six sets, fair enough. But then you've got to, got to bear in mind the workload. I mean, you've done more work through your warm-ups than some guys will do in a whole session. Yeah, no, that's true too. Makes yeah. sense, right? Yeah. Because yeah. you're that much stronger. I mean, that's not to, not to sort of, you know, brown nose you or anything, but that it just, it's just the reality of it. Like to working up to that point, yeah, you're you, can, gonna be, you can't just jump up to that weight. You know, Exactly. Yeah. You're just doing that much more work. But, but on those sets on the way up, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to failure. That's the big thing sure, I'm doing. Yeah. I'm just trying to feel the muscle and feel the weight, you know, and feel how that exercise feels for the day. And that's where I kind of pick like what I'm going to use for that top set. Cause there's, that's the other thing I hate about progressive overload. Like there's days 
you're not going to be as strong, especially in a prep where things are going to change. You know, like I might have, I might be on my third low day in a, in a row. I'm probably not going to feel as strong as when I'm pushing a high day. You know what I mean? Just yeah, like that. I'm having to be aware of that. Yeah. And so I think I if you could, yeah, if you, if you can go work up to your top set slowly and, and just get some blood in your muscle, even if it's a day where you're kind of knocking off 30, 40 pounds off the bar, at least you're yeah. still getting a good set of 12 in or whatever you want to do. So. Yeah, yeah, you're still pushing that set as hard as you can, but it's not saying, say I did 405 last week for, for eight on incline. I don't have to do 410 this week. You know, yeah. I can do 385 and still work just as hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, awesome. That's good. In terms of um, sort of weaker, what are, what are some of your weaker body parts that you've you've bought up over the last few years, and what have you done to bring them up, or what were they? Uh, so legs and back. Okay. Um, hamstrings are probably my st- still my weakest body part. Um, but they've come up a lot. They came up a lot last year. Um, I just don't know if I'll ever have that big hang from the side. I feel like that's a lot of that's genetic too. Like Jay, Jay never had it and he won four Olympias. You know what I mean? Like you're not, not everyone's going to have a crazy peak on their biceps. There's just things you might not have, but I can develop my hamstrings. I think to get pretty gnarly from the back. Um, and they've come up a lot. We've, what we did there with legs in general was I split legs up to two, two days. So I have a quad day and then a hamstring day. And that doesn't mean like hamstring day, I'm not doing any compound movement that's going to involve my quads my main focus is just hamstrings. So I do like leg curls, a few different leg curl variations, stiff leg or RDLs. Um, and then I'll do like one press normally on my hamstring day and I'll do adduction. Um, and I, what I really actually like, I just started doing again is Jefferson's. Yeah. Uh, Jefferson's are, I, I kind of right? about them. This, this like- whole thing with, with uh, the quarantine and training at home, I'm trying to set up a home gym. So just thinking about things I can do with just a barbell, I've been doing those and those are awesome. Uh, I really like those on glute ham day. For, those people, for people who don't know what they are, there's the, I think Kai Green kind of popular, repopularized them, but it's sort of, yeah. you straddle the bar effectively, right? Yeah. 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 Awkward looking movement, yeah, yeah, but yeah. they work really well. Um, I mean, like I, I was doing sets of six yesterday. I did like four sets at the end just to, to kind of finish my glute and hams off. Yeah. And I mean, I was smoked. My legs were smoked at that point, but okay, it cool. just really isolates the glutes still, you know. I'll try them out, actually, yeah, because I'm, I'm yeah. doing the same thing, home gym setup, yeah. And um, then, like, quads will just be more more pressing. I'll do, like, front squats, hack squats, and a leg press and leg extensions. But those four exercises, that's pretty much all I'm doing. Have you been able to uh, train at a facility during the quarantine? Like, have you got somewhere where you can train? Or I, is it I'm mostly home gym? That I can, yeah. Cool. Yeah, cool. So my training my life hasn't really changed a lot. Um, I was actually trying to set up a home gym this year. That was like one of my goals. And then this happened. So it's actually made me not be able to because people want insane amounts for stuff. So expensive. Yeah. And, and the companies are out of everything. So I'll finish doing that after this is done. But luckily I have a second train now. Yeah. Nice. That's good. Cool. Yeah. And then yeah, uh, crazy back, prices. Yeah. And, and with back, I did the same thing. We switched to like, I think for two years we were doing like two back days a week. Um, right now I just have one, but we did for a while. We had the two back days and I feel like that worked a lot, Nice, nice. but we would split it up too. Like one day would be more heavy, like T-bar rows, barbell rows, dumbbell rows. One day would be more like pull downs, some cable rows. 
So they were a little different in what, the way they targeted things, you know. I know that works really well. I mean, Alex has got Ollie doing that as well. Ollie Jackson, who's yeah. uh, one of his clients. And his yeah. glutes and hamstrings have come up crazy over the last year. I don't know if you've seen any of his updates, but yeah, it looks tremendous. It's yeah, really coming up well. Yeah, yeah really coming awesome. up well. Okay, so we've looked at sort of training, what a typical training week goes like. Let's do one more question and we'll talk about where do people typically go wrong in bodybuilding? So I think that's a good one. Because I know you coach a lot of people as well, so you've probably, you've probably had to troubleshoot people, right? When yeah. they come to you. Yeah. Um, I could say, where, where don't they go wrong? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but uh, <laughs> I feel like the biggest thing people don't do is, is trust the plan and trust the process. Um, I mean, I was even, that's what I did when I was trying to work, work on myself, you know? Um, but once I started with Alex, I literally like, he knows I'm not going to stray from the plan. And like, I've gone off. I think I had a, I had like an extra hundred grams of carbs one day during prep in 2018. But like, I, I immediately told him, you know, and I told him exactly what I had. You can't hide things, you know, don't hide it from your coach. If you go off plan, make sure you let your coach know so that they can take that into account and just stick to the plan and trust it. And if, if the results aren't happening, your coach is going to make changes, obviously. If they're not, then maybe question things, you know, and, and ask, you know, hey, you know, I haven't lost weight in five weeks. We've been doing the same thing. The goal is to lose weight. Can we adjust things? You know, because either they're not paying attention or something else is going on. I don't know. But the biggest thing is just to follow the plan and stick to it and trust it. Yeah. Especially when you get close to a show because your mind is going to come into play and you're going to think all these thoughts and, I mean, it happened to me last year. <laughs> my wife messaged Alex because my, because <laughs> I felt like I looked like crap, you know. But I was so we were so depleted, and I was so pulled down, and I looked really flat, and I I just looked like I was wasted away. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he literally gave me one high day, and I was like, oh, we look fucking awesome. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's like, don't, don't complain to your wife anymore, okay? <laughs> Cause that's the thing. You can look so flat that you end up looking fatter. I know, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think just to go back to your point as well, just for the audience it's like following the plan is so important and it's following the plan accurately. So like what Chris just said was, I mean, he, he over at like maybe what 20 grams of carbs, you said something like hundred grams of carbs. No, yeah. I had a hundred, but, but I admitted it. Yeah, yeah. But so like, yeah. but like it's, it's, we're talking about that level of accuracy there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he knew exactly what you over at, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So in terms of being on the plan, he's always on the plan and he's on it to, to the T. So the first priority for you as a, as a client is just to make sure you're doing the plan as it is. And yeah, if there's anything like that, obviously let them know, but that's few and yeah. far between. But just to, just to tell people the importance is the accuracy as a client, be accurate yeah. with what you do. Yeah. I mean, in a coach can tell for the most part, like when you're working with someone, you know, if someone, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But what's annoying is when they don't tell you. So I would, oh. I would always rather have someone tell me, Hey, you know what? I completely went off the plan the other day. No, it's not okay that you did that, but it's much better knowing instead of thinking that you followed this plan, yet you still gained five pounds somehow. Yeah. It's and like, Hey, how come you keep getting like weight after every weekend? I don't know, coach. Who knows? Yeah. All right. Well, we'll have to figure it out. <laughs> so yeah, that's a common one. <laughs> okay. Very. Yeah. Sorry, Karen. No, no, that's, that's, that's all. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think that's, that's definitely an important one. What about um, where did they go wrong in training? That's, an, that's a good one to talk about. I feel like people leave reps in the gym and they don't focus on form. Um, 
I feel like a lot of guys just move. I mean, I see it all the time. People don't train hard enough. That's the bottom line. I think Nate talked about that too. Yeah. And, and I know Mike talked about Mike that. Mike did as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and we're kind of all around the same age too. And I think we, I know Mike and I grew up a lot in the same era because he talked about like the early 2000s and that's kind of yeah. when I got into things too. And Me too. the guys trained, hard. you know, you, you trained hard in the gym. Everyone at the gym that I, that I worked out at trained hard, you know, and I see a lot of just, I use my phone. I, I listen to music and um, I, I will look at my phone and change the song for a set, but I'm focused during those sets too. And I feel like a lot of people kind of lose focus. They go end up taking a five minute break between sets and they're not, working hard enough during the set they might move a weight for a decent number of reps but they're not going to failure and they're not controlling the weight the biggest thing i see is the lack of control in the in the, the way the weight moves you know um nobody controls the negative anymore people just let the weight fall so you just missed half the rep i don't in the i think it's a really important part of the rep i think it it, it might build more I, I don't know i mean i've gotten more and better results since i focused more on that so I, I think it plays a huge role also in connecting with the muscles. A lot of so. people say they can't feel something. A lot of times it's just because you're going way too fast. Yeah. You're not controlling the movement. I believe you know? so. I believe so. Yeah. I think, I think those two go hand in hand as always like good form um, and, and progressive overload kind of go hand in hand because yeah. you could progress, but then if your form's like shit, you, are you really progressing or are you just cheating more? Yeah, and you know, and then it's, it's, it goes to that level of intensity as well. It's like you can be more intense, but if your intensity is then you swinging a bit weight around all over the place, is that intensity being directed to the muscle that you're trying to train? So, yeah, and exactly. I think you know, it's one of those. You've got to have both. You can't just be like, I want to be intense, but my form's going to be like shit. That's not going to work. That, that's why I, I mean, I actually really like Matt Jansen and how he yeah, trains yeah. people. And what, I know a lot of guys that work with him, and what you see is an emphasis on form. Yeah, he pushes progressive overload and he pushes, you know, working up in weights. But I, I think that is a factor, obviously. But I'm just saying you can't always do it. You know, you can't always progress. It's impossible. You know, even Ronnie Coleman didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you can get stronger and you can have phases with it. But the most important part is controlling the movement. And he even says it a lot in his post. Yeah. You know, try and make the movement as hard as you can. Execute the rep the best way that you can. Even if you hit the same weight as last week, the same reps, maybe you can do those eight reps better than you did last week. Yeah. You know what I mean? hundred percent. Yeah. I'd rather see someone hit the same weight, but do it slightly better than add yeah. some weight on and then lose reps and look like shit. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even, even like, I mean, Alex is like that too. I mean, I remember training legs with him one time and I, I think I did like five plates for 10 on squats or whatever. And I was like, I was like, I might go up to 5.45. He's like, no. He's like, do that again. Just do it better. You know? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, right, Chris. What we're going to do is we'll call it there for part one. We've got yeah. two more questions to do, but I would love to get you back on for part two just to uh, get through the rest of these questions. Uh, is that all right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I really enjoyed that chat. That, that was awesome. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think I got a lot out of it as well. So thanks very much. Um, but yeah, we'll... Uh, We'll call it out. We'll bring you back in for part two. All right. Awesome, fast. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Look forward to it.